Check-in, street execs, the real university, no stress, and this is the Lunchtime Podcast. A lot of folks from New York there, it's a lot of folks from Georgia, Florida, folks from all over the world in North Carolina, to be honest with you. But on top of that, it's uh, a lot of businesses out there, and it's a lot of schools out there. So that's another reason. So every six months, you got thousand more D.C. folks, you got thousand, two thousand, three thousand more West Coast folks from all these different schools out there. And a lot of them folks end up staying there. So it's a lot of different influence. So I feel like when I was, um, I'm from High Point, North Carolina. I went to Andrews High School. And, and that's around the time when they had a long tee. It was really in style. You know, you either you either dip set or you on some Gucci and OJ real hard. So you could tell who had the dreads and the golds and was talking real country. But then you had the folks over here and they was... Sun, you know what I'm saying? Like super, super New York with it. But really, you from High Point in Greensboro, North Carolina. You ain't from neither one of these places. But just as strong as North Carolina, really, and I think the whole world going to feed off of what they see on TV or what they see online. You know, we used to call it like, oh, he dressed like a BT person. And that's because, damn, what you see, I just fly. Dipset wearing it like this. Niggas got the big chains, the hat. Jay-Z got the hat real low. He doing the button up right now. That's what niggas doing. Two chains go heavy with the Versace, then Migos, Versace, French, you know, everybody. That's what we doing. You know, whether it's the hats or the bandana swag, folks gonna copy what they see for the most part. And I'm not gonna say I'm sad to say it, but North Carolina does not have that identity yet. So that's a very high place to where folks gonna copy what they see. Or folks may do like I do, and I, I like to say I take a little bit from here, take a little bit from there, and, but most of it's just my own flavor, you know, and I, and I, well, I guess ain't nothing going to always be your own flavor. But with me, I just been a part of so many different things in the Carolinas and I travel. So I'm seasoned with a lot of that. Sometimes folks be like, oh, boy, you sound like you from this part. of They'd be like, boy, you country as hell. But I move my own way and I make sure folks know I'm a Carolina nigga. You know what I'm saying? And I can adapt to whatever situation I got to adapt to. They think the South moves slow. But it's like, nah, we, 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 we know what's going on. We're going to play it like that. But, of course, with anything, music uh, music is going to music is gonna play off of what environment you're in. And, you know, some folks, that's who they're hanging around, and that's the producers that they like, and so that's what they're going to try to sound like when they get on the, when they get on the track. But you got your, uh, you, you know, you got, you, got, you got little brother. You got your ninth one of the sounds. And they, they, I, I like to say that's one of the favorite Carolina sounds I get, and I call it that soul. It, it, it's soulful to me. I feel like niggas got lyrics in Carolina. So when you were walking through those halls of Andrews High School, uh-huh. what were you listening to? Were you into the Dipset side? Were you into? I was listening to everything. So you were just the melting pot of it all. Yeah, like my first thing I ever, like I, I came up. Period. Just. I think the first tape I got from my pops, like me and my dad went out there, well, really just riding around my pops, period. It was either reggae or jazz. You know what I'm saying? That's how we was jamming. So for me, uh, my first time going to the, to the, to the, to the, what was the place called that had the tapes where I was at? Damn, where I used to go get my tapes from back in the day? But kindergarten, my first two pieces of music I ever bought was that Murder She Wrote 
you know what I'm talking about? The, the chocolate that murder she wrote, you know, that cassette, and uh, I don't know if y'all remember Snow. Yeah, yeah. Informer. Yeah, so that that was the first two things I bought. And other than that, it's like my cousin, she influenced my music a lot too. So a lot of R&B, you know what I'm saying? It's from getting the Total and the, the, the TLC and all that. Like I was vibing to that real early. But other than that, it's like, man, in high school, it was that. It was that, of course, you know, the Mace and the Puff, B.I.G., pot, like pretty much everything when I was younger. But in high school, that's when Fab started going crazy. Who else going crazy in high school? Kanye, uh, Gucci, Juice Man going stupid. I was listening to everything, and I started throwing parties. Well, this music thing just me. Like, where I'm from, the marching band is real heavy. I know Texas got its certain spots too where the marching band is real serious. So it's like in order to be in the marching band, you had to be in the band in middle school. So in middle school, I was doing the jazz band and I was also, you know, I was percussionist. But uh, in high school, the same. It was all. So when I got to high school, I could be a part of hardcore, real smooth drumline of Andrews. Like uh, our drumline was serious. The whole band was serious. So that's what I wanted to do. But I think uh, like 10th grade, me and a few of the guys was in the drumline, we threw a party. And shit, we made up some money. You know what I'm saying? Like 10, 11, 12th grade, busting down a few thousand dollars and having a good time. You know what I'm saying? And just building your name. That was dope as hell. And uh, I just kept the relationship with the DJ, DJ Smooth. That's who I use. Um, so I just kept that relationship with him, kept the relationship with the uh, Miss Petaway that allowed us to rent the venue. And just, but the fellas, you know, they, they, they loved it, but that went all the way, they vision. But I super loved it. It's like, boy, I ain't got, I can make some money off of this. Yeah. And I and I enjoy partying myself. So like, I came up with a lot of older fellas. So I was going to the teen clubs, you know what I'm saying? Like I was I was going out and partying, you know, it wasn't just house party. It was like, let's shoot the greens, bro. Let's go to Enigma, let's go to Club Nine. Like, let's hit the parties that's going on. So, um, you know, I just kind of brought that same formula back to my hometown. And so like, this is what they charging at the door. You got these folks to help you promote. They your VIP, you know what I'm saying? You hire your security. And then eventually my DJ, he skipped town on me, you know, moved to Charlotte. So I pretty much was stuck, you know. He, I, I learned the basics from him, but I didn't really learn the full artwork from him, you know what I'm saying? So I may play some reggae, then play some crunk shit, then play some, I had folks all over the place with the music. But then once I like really graduated high school and started going up to the radio station and started going to the clubs for real for real where these niggas really DJing and rocking and getting paid a few dollars to see okay you gotta you gotta keep them vibing when you got them vibing you gotta warm them up you gotta bring them up if you're gonna have them on a little giant shit keep them on a little giant for a minute you know what I'm saying you gotta they call sets yeah. and that's how I learned the sets and I was like alright cool like scratching gonna come later on I gotta learn how to mix so it's a vibe so the party ain't skipping a beat, you know what I'm saying? Everybody just vibing, this is one cool, long ass story and we having a great time. And that's when I really started getting serious with it. But uh, yeah, man, I, I listened to everything coming up, like for real, for real. So the science of DJing, so you learned from DJ Smooth originally? Uh, DJ Smooth and then DJ Reflection. The biggest college parties were the ones he was doing. So I'm, at, I'm opening these joints and I'm practicing, but I'm getting my name out there at the same time, you know what I'm saying? And giving him his relief. So eventually it was time for me to get my own bookings, you know what I'm saying? Did you do radio ever at a point yourself? Mm -mm. I, I've never just, done radio. Like, and, and, but me and radio had this strong ass relationship. Like I used to throw parties. In high school, I threw my parties with the radio station. 
You know what I'm saying? Like my cousin John John, he was interning up there with Wally Coyote. So Wally like, shit, bro, come up to the station. That's how I met Reflection, you know, and all the other DJs up there. But I used to break bread with Wally. Like, okay, we're gonna promote the party on the radio and you're gonna give me some money, you know what I'm saying? But it's damn near, you know what I'm saying? It ain't all the way official, I ain't getting no commercials, but we are promoting, I'm shouting you out. We do the Friday night football game. You're doing the Friday night football after party for Andrew's Central game. Oh yeah, we about to guap out this night. You know what I'm saying? So it's breaking bread with him. You know, we break bread with somebody. They gonna, I ain't even think about it like that, but it was just a genuine relationship. Yeah. He wasn't hustling me. Like we was, we was helping each other out. I'm keeping him fresh in our market and he's keeping me fresh. And then just, you know, just, I'm a networking fool. And that's what I did, you know, and I was, I did the mixtapes. I started doing mixtapes. So I was hand handling the mixtapes and then just linking up with uh, my dog, Jay White. He like, bro, nah, let me buy you, let me buy your master copy for you. And let me put you in all these stores. Like he, he ran the, he ran the CD market over okay, like so 200, 300 like, stores. So it's like, I'm really in the streets with it. Yeah. But it wasn't like, nah, you just gonna buy this from me. I'm about to get out of here, which you motivating the hell out of me. I gotta drop five CDs right now. And you gonna put all these shits out. So I, I was doing that. And then that piff, I started getting hip to that. So I started putting the shits online. But it's like the street was going so crazy for my music. And we actually following up and hitting these cities. You know what I'm saying? Like with the like the CD trapping ain't dead either. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas still booming CDs still. I was in West Virginia a few weeks ago and saw a dude spend $20 in CDs. You know what I'm saying? At the yeah. gas station, white dude just, hell yeah, let me get this, 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 that. Like folks still bootleg. I still see my CDs bootlegged. Yeah. And would cop, you know what I'm saying, in different stores all over the place. So, um, but that right there helped out a whole lot. Just tackling the game from a whole lot of different ways. But then I was real heavy with North Carolina artists. That was my goal. Like, I'm gonna break these North Carolina artists. This where I'm at. This where I love. This where I'm gonna break. So, uh, you know, I had I had the folks and we was running like Naps Crew Entertainment. You know, Cream Team. Like, we was my dog Tigo B and then Chop House with Yacht Music Group. Like, whoever I believed in. We started this, you know, like when this person working, this person working, eventually we're gonna work together. Like we was talking about a little while ago, you said that Texas a few years ago, they weren't working all the way together. It was like, all right, you doing this, you doing that, I ain't worried about what you doing over here, but it's like, shit, if folks working, there ain't no point to do all the cap. Like when we gonna collab, let's do this. Ah, oh, man, we need to work. If we working, we gonna end up bumping heads and working together. When the time, like me and Ro been talking about putting something together, filming, doing an interview, shooting video, we done did plenty of work. But we had been talking about this, now we finally do it. It's like, all right, bro, we're gonna we gonna get it done. We both working. When the time's right, we're gonna have plenty to talk about. We're gonna get in the studio, we're gonna lay some heat down, whatever the situation may be, whether it's producers or artists. And it's like we had a day and an age where you gotta collaborate with somebody. Like that's how you that's damn near what two chains did to get his name out there. If you look at him, nigga that did so many collabs. I don't know if y'all saw the thing they put on Instagram the other day, but I guess somebody done tried to do a tally over. All the collabs, I forget who was first, but he had like E40 and Snoop Dogg, and then he had e, uh, Two Chains. I forget how many collabs they said he was on, but that shit matters. Like you type in Nicki Minaj, bees in the trap pop up. You type in this person, this song pop up. You type in Kanye, but Mercy, Two Chains ain't popping up on everybody's shit. So it's like, all right, if you're a producer and I want to work with this artist, then how can I finesse a way to work with this artist? I'm going to work with his producer. And we're gonna do something together. Mm -hmm. We're gonna get, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, yeah. or whatever the situation yeah. may be. Some folks just got that chemistry to where, like, yo, dude's drums hit, yeah. dude, the fool on the keys. 
come on, let's put this stuff together. Let's shop it. Let's get this money. Yeah. And then you got some folks like the, the Mike Wills and you know what? Really, everybody just out here producing. They got a few folks that's under them as well. I ain't gonna say under them, but they got a team. You got a team of folks. Like once your workload becomes so heavy, you gotta have a team. That's the only way it's gonna work right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we just all gonna push it out together. This is all. This is all. A, no matter who made it, this this an eardrum is joint. No matter who made this beat. We going we gonna bust it down. This it's a chop house joint. Yeah, it's a strong name. Tell me about the chop house sound and, and chop house period and there how they influence the North Carolina sound right now. Uh, chop house is a production squad from North Carolina, but before it turned into a squad, I knew it. I was introduced to chop house. It's Jay and Smiley, Smiley Face and Jay. Those are the two first I met. So uh, them day one chop house boys with Dune. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they got them bangers, man, and they 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 just fire. But you know, Smiley, he an artist as well, and they chemistry, just the way they flow together. It's like, bro, like when I first heard about him, it was like oh seven, oh eight. I linked. Um, they had a joint with Rise called Come and Get It, and they had a Carolina sound. I call that Carolina sound is when you don't know where it's from necessarily. So it got that bass, it got that hit, but it still got that soulful feel, and it still got them lyrics on top of it. You know what I'm saying? No necessary, no certain BPM. It's just like, it's its own sound. I put out a song called Gotta Stay Fresh. Uh, not to get off a of chop house, but I put out a song called Gotta Stay Fresh with Cream Team. And you know, we was all working together, but that was a Carolina sound. Like if you heard it, you can't, you might not know where them boys from, unless you know some Carolina niggas, you know what I'm saying? But that's just with that identity not being all the way there yet for the Carolina artists. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, Chop House, they definitely some guys that I can say, if you want an identity, you want a sound, you can go to them and they're going to help you find yourself as an artist. They 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 help artists so much because they bring they bring the artists out of an artist. You know what I mean? It's like, probably had a Nicki song too, right? Yeah, like yeah. The, damn, you yeah. you you are, you know, I know you know, all right, that's hard. So no, like, yeah. Smiley, like I said, Smiley, an artist and a producer. So, you know, can't explain how he work his move. Like when you get in the studio, bro, you just get around, bro. Period. He just got this vibe about him, and then it's like, I, right, he, he can just, he can just, he just brings something out of you on the music tip. To like, he's just like a, he, he, he a genius when it comes to it, and uh, you know that that he he, he had the beats, but you know some folks can work they moving. It's like, yo, I'm such a fan of your production. Oh, you're an artist. I'm a fan of that too. Let's work together. So uh, he was he was. I ain't gonna say fortunate enough, but he was in a position and hard worker to where he, he had a Nicki Minaj feature. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They had Chop House had like three joints on uh maybe like two or three joints on I forget the name of the Nicki Minaj tape. Envy hosted it. Uh it was when she was dropping mixtapes, put it that way. When she was uh with Dirty Money on the Fendi and everything, like she used to be in the Carolinas all the time. So Chop House was the place to come to. If you wanted that sauce, you had to come through Chop House. Okay, Jada Kiss in town. Gotta come through Chop House. Flocka in town, you gotta come through Gucci in town. Whoever come to town, you gotta come through Chop House. And damn near most of the time, if you want your shit to go on the radio, if you want a radio single, you Chop gotta get Smiley on the hook. Yeah. Okay, so he was doing all Straight up, bro. Okay. Yeah. Damn near also Swiss Beats shit, yeah. but on Smiley face. He gonna give it to you right here. All you gotta do is fill in the blanks, bro. And literally, when they say Smiley, literally, period. Yeah, I don't know what's up with bro. Or the face. Like, like, I don't know if it, I don't even <laughs> want to joke on him. Bro, got the big ass smiley face going on. Got the big ass, big ass grill, man. 
that's my dog though. Yeah, but yeah, so it, good, he live up to his name. Yes. But it might just be the nigga always. I don't know if he can't help it or he just always happy. I don't Which know. Is good. But it's <laughs> like it, 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 me and him believe in the same thing. I call it no stress. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, that energy, like just it's, you, it's no you stress, bro. Like it's the same energy you put it off to. It's, it's just, just good vibes, yeah, yeah. no stress. Like good energy, we ain't got time for the BS. Keep that over there. There's no stress over here, bro. We ain't tripping on much. All right, let's talk. DJ Tyler, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, North Carolina too. Yeah. Andrew's well, alumni. No, nah, I'm originally from Brooklyn, Bushwick. Oh, okay. But then I moved to North Carolina during high school, New Bern, two five two. Okay. That area, that's like Eastern Carolina. Okay, so uh, listening, what were you listening to? Were you more into the New York stuff because you were yeah, from yeah. out no. there originally? Yeah, but really, when I was out there, I'm gonna be honest, I was the only dude, you know, in my really click listening to the down south. That's when Little Giant just really hit the waves. You feel what I'm saying? So I would listen to the Little Giant Eastside Boys and Little Scrappy when he was out doing all that. So, um. But, you know, other than that, it was, you know, the original. That's when uh, Lloyd Banks was heavy. You feel what I'm saying? He dropped his album and he was really killing. So, yeah, that's what I was listening to. When did you start DJing? Did you, uh, was uh, it To be honest, I started DJing, um, really, I started DJing my uh, junior year in college. I went to Fayetteville State, you feel what I'm saying? Fayetteville, North Carolina. So, um, how I came about that. I was always doing music, you feel what I'm saying? I was kind of doing, you know, a little my artist thing or whatever. And then uh, I brought my CD to the student radio director, you know what I'm saying? He really sat me down, Mr. Ray Thomas, really sat me down, really told me about the different aspects of the music game. Like, you can still be in the business and don't have to be the necessary artist, you get what I'm saying? So, and then at the Basically time... saying you can't rap, bro. Yeah. So, nah, I was hard, though. I had, you know, I was hard. I felt like I was hard. But, um... Other than that, he was like, basically, you know, the radio, you know, need a DJ and all that stuff. So, um, the school had, like, a little setup, you know, um, some Gemini 1200s, you feel what I'm saying, with the rain mixer. And then, you know, I, that's where I learned doing. And then uh, when they launched the student radio station, I started DJing the mix show. Then eventually I started doing the uh, the uh, school basketball games, you know what I'm saying? That's how I really got my name out and about. Uh, so you did, did, did you ever do regular radio also or just uh, college radio? Um, yeah, actually I did radio. I mean, it was pre-recorded mixes, but I did radio for um, the one of, um, what was it? What was it, 104, 104 in Fayetteville? Sure. Uh, it's, yeah, f- um, not Foxy, it's the other one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I did radio station for one of the um, things right there. Then other than that, it was just internet radio. Mixtapes? Yeah, now that's how I got my name out in Raleigh Durham, you feel what I'm saying? And like, just, you know, messing with the independent artists and messing with the, um, the artists in the streets, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, good vibes and, like he said, good, you know, good business and good ways to, you know, promote yourself, you know he what I'm saying? He's gonna pull up. Like, so. Ty Pat, he's gonna pull up, he's gonna get the job done. Um, You know, it don't really nothing. Even if I tell him, like, yo, I ain't, I ain't sure, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo. Bro, I need I need to I need to open this event tonight. I know you ain't about to DJ the whole time. Like, let me know if you need me. Yeah. Shit, before I can even call him and tell him I need him, he already down in Atlanta. Like, yeah. oh yeah, shit, I'm already down here. You know, yeah. he already on yeah. point anyway. Right. Like right now, yeah. we ain't telling people we on a Pretty Girls Like Trap Music tour. Yeah. You know, uh, Two Chains, Young Dolph, Schooly, uh, S. Fresh, along with myself and DJ Ty Pat. He DJs for S. Fresh. 
And you know, uh, we on the last the last leg of our tour right now. We down here in Austin, Texas. We got a show tonight at Emos. I'm pretty sure it's sold out because everything on the tour has been sold out, except for like one show, I think. And that's just because it was a nice size venue and it was a, a it was a, it was an awkward night. So uh, <laughs> things like one of the rescheduled dates anyway. But with that being said, uh, yeah, we out here busting our moves and we've been all over the all over the states with it, a little bit all over the world with it. And now we're right here in Texas. Kicking that Texas flavor. Can you talk Street Execs real fast? Street Execs is a management company. Uh, they know the manage some people such as Two Chains, myself, Travis Porter, Young Dolph, uh, Long Live Bankroll Fresh, uh, Schoolie is with Street Execs, Cap One is with Street Execs, and uh, you know we 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 like to move as a label. You know uh, we started off before. I've been rocking with Street Execs since like 2008, 2009. I'm, I met DJ Techniques through my dog, Jay White. Jay White is the guy that convinced me to start, not start selling my CDs, but turn up my CD volume. You know what I'm saying? The like, distributor. Yeah, like, bro, get out here. You got to move around. Like, all right, you got a car. Now, matter of fact, I ain't even had a car. Jay White made me get a car. And we got like four, we got like four Dodge Magnums. Me, him, and a few other partners. Got a Dodge Caravan. We fucked the Dodge lot up. You know what I'm saying? And we all, we wrapped them. And we took all the cars down to Tunica, Mississippi, and our Naps crew car, like four Magnums deep, two Chargers. You know, it's all we uniform. So SEA Awards, we went down to uh, Tunica, Mississippi. And Jay White, like I said, he, he was the man. He bought all the mixtapes from all the hottest DJs. And of course, Street Execs, DJ Techniques was hitting them hard. So of course, he had them joints all over Carolina. So yo, sir, this is DJ Technique right here. Cool, nice to meet you. Let's get a picture. But I actually kept in touch with bro. You know, that's one thing. Like, when I meet people, I keep in touch with them. You know what I'm saying? So unless they ain't really talking about much in this small talk, and we just don't pick up that vibe. But, you know, me and Technique was cool. And uh, Atlanta is real big. Atlanta's the music mecca So uh, right now. So, um, yeah, that's where it's coming from. So with me pushing our music at the time, we were taking trips down every week, every other week, to hit the open mics in Atlanta. Because open mics are good in Atlanta right now, but a few years back, boy, you hit like three open mics in one night. Like this one, Flocka doing Oh Let's Do It at open mics, and Travis Porter coming to do that all the way turned up at open mics, and a lot of other folks, K-Camps, you know what I'm saying? A lot of other artists that are out right now, they hit open mics, but they right there, we can talk to them and build with them and smoke, drink, whatever with them, because they working. They song is going crazy, but they building their platform just like he did at his school. He built that fan base where you at, you know what I'm saying? And I was the person to come to Atlanta and take all that sound back to North Carolina. Now I'm getting these folks booked in North Carolina and getting my boys features in North, you know what I'm saying, for these folks and everything. And I still got a relationship with these guys now. But with that being said, damn, uh, yeah, Travis Porter was getting a bill with, uh, I always stayed in touch with street execs, with Al, or with techniques. I used to pull up to the office, and eventually Al was like, uh, Al's one of the CEOs of street execs. Like, bro, you know, we need you. Like, let's let's go ahead and take this thing over in North Carolina, too. We need you to hold this shield down, you street execs. Like, every time I came down, I had a new mixtape. But it was always, are we pushing Travis Porter? Okay, who? Oh, you got this guy you pushing? Cool, I'm going to show him love, too, just because you fucking with him. And I'm going to have a joint popping in North Carolina. Sir, you holding it down. You street execs. Cool. So wasn't no paperwork, no no bonus, no chain or nothing. It was, I, what you gonna do with it? You know what I'm saying? You got the shield, use it how you wanna use it. Put it, Street Z presents on your tapes. You know what I'm saying? Use these drops, like, and 
they saw that vision in me, you know what I'm saying? And now we're here today. At the same time I was building a relationship with Street Execs, they was building a relationship with uh, Travis Porter and CEO Charlie. And it eventually turned into a 50-50 deal with Porterhouse and Street Execs. And then, uh, you know, albums dropped, gold records were made, and eventually, uh, you know, 2 Chains and Titty Boy. I mean, Titty Boy and Technique always had that relationship from the player circles days. So, uh, you know, Technique just had that vision. All the team had that vision, like, okay, we bigger than a DJ coalition. We do marketing. We do, we can do whatever we want to do. All we gotta do is do that shit. If we ain't got, if we don't know how to do it, we're gonna pay somebody to do it. And uh, you know, just we, we just had the street smarts with it. But you know, he working with two chains real hard, and you know, Sud Titty Boy about to be out of here, bro. Like, help me with this project, this technique. And now I talked to him like, Yo, Sud, like, here, this what's up next, bro. We telling you, like, this this is what's up next. Take these records, you know so what I'm saying? Working in your market. This is like 20, what? 20, 20, 2010, 2011, 2011 project. Yeah. You know, probably like 2010. Like, uh, what, what was the project that right there? Trapavelli 2. Okay. So, uh, like, Boo Record, and, you know, Fools a Single. That, that was the project that was out. So, I'm getting these records buzzed, and I put out a tape hosted by Two Chains, you know, Sudden Death, my bad, hosted by Titty Boy. But then, uh, eventually, I moved down to Atlanta. And, um, but I'm getting radio spins for the record. I'm getting him some bookings and everything. Well, now I wasn't getting the bookings yet. He was doing shows. But, you know, I started pulling up at the studio, you know, being around. What um, made you move to Atlanta? I didn't mean to cut you off. But what made uh, you make that move? Because that's a big, CEO that's a big Charlie, step right here. CEO Charlie, uh, he's like, bro, you come down here every week, every other week. You're spending gas money. you spend spending hotel money. I just moved out of this condo. My mom owns it. Here, you can just pay this much on it every month and you're down here. And matter of fact, I really need you down here. It's around Make It Rain, Bring It Back, Travis Porter days. Uh, I had the spins going crazy, you know, like it was getting the most spins in Greensboro, North Carolina, which was my market. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there's a few other places too that had the spins going crazy, the clubs going crazy, just real fast. You know, Travis Porter's first book show was in North Carolina. So, um, I so played a part the in numbers it. And they're saying, you know what I mean? You are really Charlie, like, bro, like, I see what you're doing. On the BCA, yeah. I see what you're doing, sir. Yeah. Like, bro, we need, imagine, like, I see what you're doing with your artists back home, bro. No disrespect, no hard, like, but imagine if you was doing that same thing, not only with Travis Porter, but doing it down here in Atlanta where the business is at. The media, it's a little bit of media in North Carolina, sir, but it ain't no blueprint of that. No, Atlanta is where everybody's working at, so you need to be closer down here. So I really see your vision being a, he saw me being a radio promoter, you know. That's what Charlie's vision was. It was, fuck DJing, you need to be a radio promoter, bro. So Charlie had me up 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, 7 o'clock, I think we met at the office at 8 o'clock. We, uh, we had a one-room office. In Buckhead, like uh, we moved the office. We had a street exec office in Sandy Springs, and we had uh, it's, it was smaller, it was like two small rooms. One room had a DJ equipment in it and a desk. The other room had uh, some CD burners in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, Charlie yeah, had the, yeah. So me and Charlie, we split our office. Had two desks in there, and you know I was sitting there reaching out to DJs. You know, running the Travis like running the artist page and just you know just reaching out to DJs I knew and getting them to introduce me to more DJs, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, yo, I need you to break this record, I need you to break this record, like, this was hot, I appreciate you, you know what I'm saying? I get, get some drops for them, you know, just building them network, building that relationship over the phone and online. But like, that's what I was focused on doing. We gotta get these radio spins, we gotta get these club spins, everything, whatever you DJ at, it don't matter. We need you playing this. Same thing we got in Charlie Carr, Sud. All right, this week, we're gonna spend the next two weeks and we're gonna go on tour. 
just me and you. And we're going to hit this radio station, this radio station, this day. And we're going to go here, hit this radio station, this radio station. And we're going to knock on these doors. We're going to let them know we're coming. If we don't know nobody in that market that can plug us in, we're just going to go there and knock on the door. Ain't, all they can tell us is nah. But he already had relationships with folks. I have been building relationships with folks before we came to the town. So it was all love. And by the time we leave, they playing Travis Porter Make It Rain on the radio. Does this still work like that? Like with the, you know, with social media now? Like I remember like that, you know, going town to town, it used to be the only way you could really make those connections. But now with social media, it seems like, you know, people are going online. Of course, the face-to-face is just as important or maybe more important. But do you still see artists actually out there doing it? Like I do, I do. I know a few artists. There's a very few artists that do it. There's very few artists that have that budget to do it. Okay. Uh, if they do have that budget, they may be too lazy or either their music ain't there. But we in a day and age right now to where you ain't got to do none of that shit. All you got to do is lay some hot shit by yourself, make the beat yourself, engineer it yourself, mix it yourself, put it on SoundCloud yourself, and not spend no money. And you can fuck around and get two million plays in one day. It just depends on the timing, bro. Like, it just, it just depends. You might just shoot a video and put that out, and it might go viral. And you might get signed. Like, it just depends, like, on what the calling is, dog. Like, but you got some folks that's working very, very hard and in the studio every day. And if you're working hard at anything you're doing, you're liable to get noticed one way or another. If you got great music, that's going to make it a lot easier. But the main thing is just work, work, work. But sometimes you got them folks that you ain't never heard of, but they got the number one song on the playlist this week. They got the number one, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, where the hell did Cardi B come from? Damn, where the hell did 21 Savage come from? Like, some folks, man, I, I saw, I, damn, where the hell this man come from? Like, so where the hell Dolph come from? Yeah, you may not today. know yeah. where, you, just cause you not in tune, may not know it, but it's like, these days it's like the internet take you through there you know what I'm saying so like internet is definitely the main tool right now with streaming and everything phones like folks you gotta be with folks at folks in their phone all the time so how can I how can I be in your face I gotta be on Instagram you gotta be everywhere that's really the play you gotta make you gotta be everywhere so um um Let's hit uh, 2 chains. You were telling me the story, like, okay, so you're with oh, Street Exec. the management, yeah, the management. Street Exec. So tell me, you're promoting 2 chains. This is like 2010, Travel yeah. Valley 2 or 3. I believe. The team believed. Um, and when the time was right, and, you know, shit, he started doing more shows. Shit, so come out rock me. And really, Tech, Tech told me, like, cause I used to do some shows to Travis Porter. Technique was a DJ, but Technique was like, yo, I need you to, you know, Get, he had me on the road, Travis Porter, for a little while, going out the country with him. But he was like, yo, I need you to work with 2 Chains. Titty Boy about to be up out of here. I need you to start working with him. It's not going to be a lot of money right now. Shit, first few shows might be no money. It just depends. But we trying to get it to it. We, we, we want to manage him. We want we want him to be. We're going to take the same blueprint. Not the same blueprint we did with Travis Porter, but we're going to use some of those tactics. And we got more relationships now. We got more power now. And two chains already got a lot going on for himself. As far as him, he had his own budget. He putting out videos. He shooting videos. He hot. Folks fucking with him. We just need to go ahead and make it a little bit easier for him. He need a team behind him, focused on him right now. And over the street, that's what we had to provide 
from the booking. We had somebody run booking. We got somebody to DJs. We got somebody that handles management. We got somebody that handles the lawyer. We got somebody that handles this. We got somebody that handles the graphics. We got somebody to fill their position, and they play the position well. So, um, you know, at first he laughed about the idea when Tech and Al presented it to him, like, yo, we want to manage you. It's like, well, this because y'all broke Travis Porter. Y'all think y'all can break me? So we had to show him. And my part was, you know, helping break the music and then being there. So I was in the studio with him all the time from like 10 to 6 in the morning, a lot of nights, way on the south side, but just vibing with him. We just built that relationship. And when it was time for him to go on the road and shit, sir, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? I was in place uh, and we had, that, we had that vibe. You know, it was good chemistry between us. I was a fan of the music. Plus, I was already breaking the music without being paid for it. So, first few shows, I don't even think I got paid for rocking the first few shows. It ain't make sense for him to pay, but I already knew, like, nah, bro, out here, I believe in, we believe in each other, and we just had a relationship, so when it made sense, you know, it go a few dollars, sir, and now we where we at today, I don't even know how many tours we done been on. Yeah, I'm about to go, all right, so let's go. How many shows have you dj for two shows? Man, we How stopped counting. Shows? We stopped counting years ago, bro. Because <laughs> we used to say, like, this is our 100 and some show. This is our 200 show. Yeah. We on our, th- what's this, our third 300 show by now? <laughs> but then we start this, like, when we was in the Chitlin Circuit. This is North Carolina to Alabama. Yeah. Well, you can hit them. You can do 20 shows in Alabama alone. You can do, you can do 10 shows in Georgia alone. You can do, you can do your own tour in North Carolina alone, in Texas alone. Boy, you can do that 20 shows. You can do 30, 50 shows in Texas. Yeah, straight up. You know what I'm saying? It's all going to be different crowds in different areas. That, and that's, that's what we was damn near hitting. But then we started hitting. I think our first tour was Club Paradise Tour with Drake. And this before the album even dropped. And then with a Nicki tour. And man, we done did some tours. I ain't going to lie. I don't know how many. Like I said, we've been rocking. Our first tour was 2012. And we ain't sat down. We ain't sat down since. Does the set change uh, often? Like, how does that? We're gonna give you something work? fresh, because he always dropping different. So it's like, all right, cool. This feature may be hot for a little while. So we're gonna add this to the show. A uh, different markets. We may throw different, different songs in there. We okay. We know. All right, we in. We in Dan the Midwest. This Tech Nine gonna go crazy. Oh, dope. Tech Nine's at the show. Let's bring them out. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, we on the West Coast. All right, we gotta do this joint. You know what I'm saying? Um, you have to be on your uh, like toes. Do you yeah, I mean we don't we don't, you don't, we don't use in ears like a lot of groups do. We don't we don't we don't run our show Pro Tools. Our show is I run the show. Me and I I run the show. But it's yeah. it's, it's two chains and DJ Issa's show. We communicate with each other. Uh, you got certain things he may say when he sets certain songs up that I know. Okay, we're not doing that song. We're gonna skip these three songs. We're gonna skip this song. We're gonna go right to this song. And we're gonna play this the vibe we want right now. Okay. This, we ain't performed this song in a year, but damn, these folks turn. All right, come on, let's drop, start a ride. You know what I'm saying? Like, this different shit we be knowing. Oh, this, you know, we been right, we got that chemistry, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I done seen a lot of, I, we got that chemistry. And shout out to bro, we been rocking for some years, because I done seen a lot of these artists out here that we done been rocking with. And they done ran through three or four DJs. Easy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I done seen one artist run through three DJs in one tour. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know if it's, it's got to find that right chemistry, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that team, that Scotty and Pip and Flavor. Yeah. And that's I'm going to let you get out of here. But uh, before we do, let's talk BYO Beats. Yeah, Bring Your Own Beats is a, it's an event that started in Atlanta, Georgia. 
Uh, we started doing it at the department store. Then right now we do it at the uh, Union, East Atlanta Village. Uh, very two well-known venues in Atlanta. But what it is, it's a producer, producer hangout. It's a production cipher. Um, no competition, no judges, not a beat battle. Uh, each producer, we give them a certain time. And what it is, is, uh, you know, they get a chance to come up there and showcase their production, however they want to do it. You know, whether it's plugging the auxiliary recording your phone and, you know, playing your bangers, or whether it's actually you might have a, a EDM set that you want to drop, or you might have a pad you want to bring in and cook up in our face. Like, there's no rules to it. It's just like you got this long, this is your stage as a producer. It's not for the art, it's for the artist to come and get that flavor, but it's really like a pr producer platform, exactly what I call it, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of producers don't, well, you might take it as just a networking thing. You might want to come out and just meet with other producers. You might come out there just to, uh, you might cooked up something last night and you want to hear how it sound in the big club speakers. You want to know how the thing really going to thump. Uh, we done had platinum producers in there. We done had folks that I've never heard of. I, it's been some folks you've never heard of and now they got some, big placements out here now. You know what I'm saying? Not saying it's because bring your own beats, but bring your own beats definitely played a part in just building a lot of relationships. So it's just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of production. That's my, that's my favorite part of the music game is the production. Well, yeah, Shout out all the producers. I mean, yeah, like I, I, like I said, I played a percussion in school. I played guitar when I was in elementary school, but I just love the sound of music. I love the sound of being made. Like. I love, I love the cook-up process and then to see what it actually could turn into. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just got so much respect for the producers, man. And it's just so dope when some great lyrics are put on top of it. This makes it even better. But some of them great lyrics, or some of them lyrics wouldn't be shit without some of these producers. So it go hand in the hand. But we at a day and age now, too, where you got producers, they turn into DJs, or you got producers out here being booked for world tours to come out there and play their production. Like tour, some of the producers out here are bigger than a lot of the artists. That, so I see that now. So really, that's my vision with Bring Your Own Beats. It's like, bro, you ain't gotta wait for two chains to hop on your beat. Like that, that'd be dope. If you, it, yeah, that's my, that's a good beat for him. But what if you put some of these beats together and you actually, or what if you build the whole story around this one beat and really like let the beat build and you put a name on the beat or you put a video with this beat. Maybe you could put like a hook on the beat or a few ad-libs on the beat, but this could be your song. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got a band down there playing out. I don't hear no music. I, don't hear, I mean, I don't hear no words on top of that. They might just be a live band. They just, that's what's going on, bro. That's really what's been going on, but now it's starting to get more into the hip-hop world. It's there now, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But like, everybody ain't realizing it yet. But like, I do a lot of, we've done a lot of festivals. Talking like 10,000, 15,000, shit, 30,000 people in front of us. But it really opened my eyes when I see two chains name in the middle of the day. We out here in Austin, Texas, sitting on this couch, about to hit this show with emos. And this is the Lunchtime Podcast with yours truly. Sud, sud, sud. Y'all know what it is. Street. This is the, this is the Lunchtime. This, this is the Lunchtime. This is the lunch. This 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 is the lunchtime podcast.